and welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details Podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and I know I promised Darcy was going to be back, but this is a special Thanksgiving episode that we have for release on Thanksgiving morning, and I'm doing it by myself since Darcy is still sick. I had already had plans to do it, and then when she told me she was unavailable to record for the next week or so, I went ahead and did it solo. So in celebration of Thanksgiving, we wish everyone out there who listens to our show a happy Thanksgiving. We hope that you all get to spend some quality time with your friends and family. We are definitely thankful this year for all of you out here who have supported us, who have listened to us, and who have been so amazing in this podcast journey. We have a really cool article that I found on factretriever.com called 57 Gratifying Thanksgiving Facts. Here you go. Number one, in 1953, Swanson overestimated the number of frozen turkeys that it could sell on Thanksgiving by 26 tons. The company decided to slice up the extra meat and repackage it, and this was the birth of the first ever TV dinner. Number two, the busiest time to hit the road for Thanksgiving travel is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving Day, and the busiest time is around 3 to 4 p.m. Number three, Black Friday is the busiest day for Roto-Rooter, a major plumbing service. They are called to clean up an overwhelming number of sewer systems from those Thanksgiving feasts. Number four, the night before Thanksgiving is the biggest drinking night of the year. It's even bigger than St. Patrick's Day or New Year's Eve, which is absolutely crazy to me. Five, pilgrims did not wear buckled hats or dress only in black and white. Buckles didn't come into fashion until later in the 17th century, and the pilgrims usually saved their formal black and white colors for Sunday only. Number six, Thanksgiving is ranked as America's second most popular holiday after Christmas. Number seven, approximately 50 million people watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on television. Number eight, the average American will consume about 4,500 calories on Thanksgiving Day or about 3,000 for the meal, an additional 1,500 for snacking. Number nine, the Butterball Turkey Hotline answers over 100,000 questions every November and early December. I guess those Butterball folks are super, super busy, right? Number 10, the song Jingle Bells was originally written as a Thanksgiving song. I didn't know that. That is one fact that I have never heard before. Number 11, the famous pilgrim celebration at Plymouth Colony, Massachusetts in 1621 is traditionally regarded as the first American Thanksgiving. However, there were actually 12 claims to where the first Thanksgiving actually took place. Two in Texas, two in Florida, one in Maine, two in Virginia, and five in Massachusetts. I wonder which one was the real one. Number 12, President Jefferson called a federal Thanksgiving proclamation the most ridiculous idea ever conceived. And then here we are, like how many hundreds of years later still celebrating it. Number 13, the famous pilgrim and Indian story featured in modern Thanksgiving narratives is not initially part of early Thanksgiving stories, largely because there was a significant amount of tension between Indians and colonists. Number 14, held every year on the island of Alcatraz since 1975, the Un-Thanksgiving Day commemorates the survival of Native Americans following the arrival and settlement of Europeans in the Americans. And I think this is an important thing 
that we need to acknowledge and discuss because as we just mentioned there was a lot of tension between the colonists and the Native Americans and so it was not I think as happy and wonderful of a celebratory feast as people would have us believe. Number 15. The first Thanksgiving in America actually occurred in 1541 when Francisco Vasquez de Coronado and his expedition held the Thanksgiving celebration in Palo Duro Canyon in the Texas Panhandle. So this is obviously actually a contradiction to what we were told in history as well. So interesting. I wonder where it actually did happen. Number 16. The turkeys typically depicted in Thanksgiving pictures were not the same as the domestic turkeys most people eat at Thanksgiving. Domestic turkeys usually weigh about twice as much and are too large to fly because they have to have all that breast meat for us folks to enjoy that delicious part of the turkey. Number 17. The average long distance Thanksgiving trip is 214 miles compared with 270 miles over the Christmas and New Year's holiday. Number 18. One of the most popular first Thanksgiving stories recalls the three-day celebration in Plymouth, Massachusetts in 1621. Over 200 years later, President Lincoln declared the last Thursday in November as a national day of Thanksgiving. And in 1941, Congress established the fourth Thursday in November as a national holiday. Number 19. Every Thanksgiving, a group of Native Americans and their supporters gather on Coles Hill in Plymouth to commemorate a national day of mourning. The flyer for the event in 2006 read, in part, participants in National Day of Mourning honor Native ancestors and the struggles of Native peoples to survive today. And I think that is one thing that Thanksgiving celebrants tend to either ignore or forget or are not aware of, but it's something that we really need to acknowledge as a people as well. Number 20, Thanksgiving is an amalgam of different traditions, including ancient harvest festivals, the religious New England Puritan Thanksgiving, the traditional harvest celebrations of England and New England, and changing political and ideological assumptions of Native Americans. It's not just one thing. It is a whole melting pot of people and traditions. Number 21, since Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national Thanksgiving holiday in 1863, Thanksgiving has been observed annually. However, various earlier presidents, including George Washington, John Adams, and James Madison, all urged Americans to observe various periods of Thanksgiving. Number 22, the Pilgrim's Thanksgiving feast in 1621 occurred sometime between September 21st and November 1st. It lasted three days and included 50 surviving pilgrims and approximately 90 Wapanog Indians, including Chief Massiot. Their menu differed from modern Thanksgiving dinners and included berries, shellfish, boiled pumpkin, and deer. No turkey to speak of, and it was definitely, I think, a lot more stress-laden than people would have us believe. Number 23. Even though President Madison declared that Thanksgiving should be held twice in 1915, none of the celebrations occurred in the autumn. Number 24. Now a Thanksgiving dinner staple, cranberries were actually used by Native Americans to treat arrow wounds and to dye clothing. Number 25. In 2007, George Bush granted a pardon to two turkeys named May and Flower. The tradition of pardoning Thanksgiving turkeys began in 1947, though Abraham Lincoln is said to have formally started the practice when he pardoned his son's pet turkey, which is super cute. Number 26. Americans eat roughly 535 million pounds of turkey on Thanksgiving. Number 27. 
when President Franklin D. Roosevelt moved Thanksgiving to the next to last Thursday in November to prolong the holiday shopping season, many Republicans rebelled. Surprise, surprise. It's amazing that we still have people, politically speaking, rebelling against each other, but they did back then. The holiday was temporarily celebrated on different dates. This November 30th became the Republican Thanksgiving, and November 23rd was Franksgiving, or Democrat Thanksgiving. Needless to say, that didn't last long. Number 28. Not all states were eager to adopt Thanksgiving because some thought the traditional government was expecting too much power in declaring a national holiday. Additionally, southern states were hesitant to observe what was largely a New England practice. Interesting. Number 29. In December 1620, the first pilgrims landed and built their settlement site in the middle of the homeland of the Wampanoag people. Several years earlier, a plague brought by Europeans had killed the inhabitants of the village, which is why the land was empty in that particular place. And I think a lot of people forget that fact as well. Number 30, the pilgrims most likely would not have survived without the help of Native Americans, obviously. Some of these individual Native Americans knew English and had already been back and forth across the ocean to England several times. Number 30, the pilgrims most likely would not have survived without the help of the Native Americans. That's kind of a given. Number 31, Sarah Josepha Hale, 1788 to 1879, who tirelessly worked to establish Thanksgiving as a national holiday, was also the first person to advocate women as teachers in public schools, the first to advocate day nurseries to assist working mothers and the first to propose public playgrounds. She was also the author of two dozen books and hundreds of poems, including Mary Had a Little Lamb. Number 32. The first Thanksgiving football game was estimated to have been in 1876, which is pretty crazy. Number 33. In 1920, Gimbel's department store in Philadelphia held a parade with about 50 people and Santa Claus bringing up the rear. The parade is now known as, as the 6ABC IKEA Thanksgiving Day Parade and is the nation's oldest Thanksgiving Day Parade. So it's not the Macy's Parade as many people would have thought. But established, here's the next fact, number 34, established in 1924, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade ties for second as the oldest Thanksgiving parade. The Snoopy balloon has appeared in the parade more often than any other character, and more than 44 million people watch the parade on TV each year, and 3 million attend in person. That is insane. I had no idea it was that many people. Number 35. The earliest Thanksgiving in Canada was held in 1578, and Martin Frobisher in Newfoundland held a celebration for arriving safely in the New World. In 1879, Thanksgiving in Canada was set on November 6th, though the date still varied considerably. Since 1957, Thanksgiving Day has also been held on the second Monday in October. Number 36. Considered the mother of Thanksgiving, Sarah Hale was an influential editor and writer who urged President Lincoln to claim a national day of Thanksgiving. She selected the last Thursday in November because, as she said, harvests were done, elections were over, and summer travelers were home. She also believed a national Thanksgiving holiday would unite Americans in the midst of a dramatic social and industrial change and awaken Americans' hearts to the love of home and country, to be thankful for God and peace between brethren, quote unquote. Number 37. Baby turkeys are also called poults. Only male turkeys gobble and therefore are called gobblers. I did not know that. 
Number 38. In 2001, the U.S. Postal Service issued a Thanksgiving stamp to honor the tradition of being thankful for the abundance of goods we enjoy in America. Number 39. Long before the pilgrims, Native Hawaiians celebrated the longest Thanksgiving in the world, Makahiki, which lasted four months, approximately from November through February. During this time, both work and war were forbidden. Number 40. Forefathers Day also celebrates the pilgrims, but it celebrates their landing at Plymouth Rock on December 21st, 1620, rather than the plentiful harvest in 1621. It is celebrated on December 21st and usually only in New England. Forefathers Day was first celebrated in 1769 among a group of pilgrim descendants. And it's pretty amazing that any of them really survived because it was an extremely difficult time back then for settlers who came to this country and without the help of the Native Americans it is pretty much assured that they would have all perished. But anyway, number 41, the people of the Virgin Islands, a United States territory in the Caribbean Sea, celebrate two Thanksgivings, the national holiday and hurricane Thanksgiving Day. Every October 19th, if there have been no hurricanes, Hurricane Day is held and the islanders give thanks that they have been spared. Number 42, Thanksgiving can occur as early as November 22nd and as late as November 28th, depending on where it falls in the calendar. Number 43, Thanksgiving Day is actually the busiest travel day, even more so than the day before Thanksgiving, as many people believe. Number 44, the Friday after Thanksgiving is called Black Friday, largely because stores hope the busy shopping day will take them out of the red and into positive profits. Black Friday has been a tradition since the 1930s. Number 45. Thanksgiving is often considered the site of the first cultural war because it contains both a narrative of the birth of freedom and democracy, as well as the account, an account of racism, mistreatment of Native Americans, and conflict. Number 46. Stuffing or dressing. People who cook the bread side dish separately from the turkey or live in the South tend to call it dressing. People who cook it in the turkey or live elsewhere tend to call it stuffing. Number 47. The flap of skin hanging off of a turkey's chin is called a waddle. The wrinkly thing hanging over the turkey's beak is called a snood. <laughs> I didn't know either one of those. Number 48. A male turkey's feces is J-shaped and straighter and larger than a female's. Hen droppings are more like a spiral. Well, that's good to know, I think. Number 49. Turkeys have two stomachs, unlike humans. <laughs> Number 50. Only male turkeys gobble, which is probably why they're called gobblers. Number 51. Both female and male turkeys have snoods, the red droopy things on top of their beaks. Number 52. The best way to determine if a cranberry is ripe is to see if it can bounce. So take your whole bag of cranberries and throw them on the floor and see if they bounce. Number 53. It takes 14 slices of pumpkin pie to equal 4,500 calories. Or depending on how big your slice is, <laughs> a few less slices could probably equal that much. Number 54. On average, it takes about seven hours to cook Thanksgiving dinner. People spend about 16 minutes eating it on average. That's so crazy considering how much time it takes to make all that food. Number 55. Stuffing dates back to the Roman Empire when the ancient cookbook Apicius de Rucoquiria contained recipes for stuffed chicken, rabbit, pork, and more. Interesting. Number 56. Stovetop stuffing sells around 60 million boxes of stuffing at Thanksgiving every year. And last but certainly not least, 
Number 57. Over 55 million people hit the road for Thanksgiving, driving at least 50 miles. Very, very interesting. Okay, so the last and final article that I'm going to talk about today is called 10 Unsolved Thanksgiving Mysteries. And I found this on listverse.com and it's an article by Robin Warder. And we couldn't have an episode without talking about true crime because that's what this podcast is primarily based upon. But here it goes. Every year, Americans celebrate Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday of November. It's supposed to be an occasion to give thanks, but it can sometimes be marred by unsolved murders and disappearances. In some of these cases, the victims were planning to spend Thanksgiving with loved ones before things went horribly wrong. Number 10 on this list is the Blunt Family Briefcase Bombing. This happened on November 28, 1985, when Joe Blunt was spending Thanksgiving with his family at their trailer in Lake Worth, Texas. On that day, his 15-year-old daughter Angela found a briefcase on the porch, and when she opened it, a bomb went off. And that explosion killed Joe, Angela, and her 18-year-old cousin Michael Columbus. In 1999, a man named Michael Tony was sentenced to death for the murders. The prime evidence against Tony was the inconsistent testimony of his ex-wife and former best friend who claimed they saw him planting that briefcase bomb. Tony's conviction was overturned once it was discovered that the prosecution had withheld evidence which cast doubt on his guilt. Tony was released from death row September 2009 but died in a truck crash only one month later. As of today, the bombing of the Blunt family is officially an unsolved case. Number nine, the disappearance of Karen Mitchell. On November 25, 1997, 16-year-old Karen Mitchell was off school for Thanksgiving break. After leaving her aunt's store at the Bayshore Mall in Eureka, California, this young woman headed for her workplace but vanished without a trace shortly thereafter. A witness reported seeing her climb into a blue sedan driven by an older white male. One possible suspect is Robert Durst, the eccentric millionaire featured in the HBO documentary The Jinx. He is believed to be responsible for the 1982 disappearance of his wife, Kathleen Durst, and is currently awaiting trial for the 2000 murder of Susan Bierman in Los Angeles. Authorities have attempted to link Durst to other unsolved crimes because clearly the guy's batshit crazy, but anyway, credit card records placed him in Eureka on the day that Karen went missing, and he also matches the description of the driver of the blue sedan that picked her up. But for the moment, nothing conclusively links Durst to the disappearance of this young girl, Karen Mitchell, and it is also an unsolved case. Number eight, the murders of Kimberly Riley and Jeremy Britt Baventhavong. I am sorry if I slaughtered that name. It is really long and really hard to pronounce. But on November 28, 2002, a Thanksgiving get-together was held at the Tacoma, Washington home of Joseph and Evangeline Britt. One of the attendees was 19-year-old Kimberly Riley, whose brother was friends with the family. That night, an unknown assailant fired several shots through one of the curtained front windows. Kimberly actually took two gunshots to the chest and died at the hospital. The tragedy was compounded when one of the Brit's grandchildren, five-year-old Jeremy Britt, Bathen Thavong, was also 
was also killed in the shooting. Two other people in the house were wounded but survived. Witnesses saw a man with dark hair fleeing the scene in a pickup truck. And to this day, nobody knows the identity of the shooter or the motive for his opening fire at a holiday gathering. Number seven, the murder of Bethlyn Barr. On November 23rd, 1977, six-year-old Bethlyn Barr left her school in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania to walk home and spend Thanksgiving with her family, but she never arrived, and a witness reported seeing Beth enter a blue sedan driven by an unidentified man. Earlier that day, a woman was approached at a bus stop by a suspicious man in a blue sedan, and she remembered the car's license number. Hmm... Robert Durst again. No, just kidding. Anyway, the vehicle was found at a nearby rental agency, but records showed that it was not signed out that day. It would not be until March 1979 that Beth's skeletal remains were discovered in a makeshift grave in a wooded area near Monroeville. She had been stabbed several times in the chest. It's possible that Beth's killer stole the sedan to abduct her and returned it to the rental agency before anyone noticed but the perpetrator has never been identified. Number six, the disappearance of Paul Knuckle. In 1990, 53-year-old Paul Knuckle was supposed to have Thanksgiving dinner with his relatives, but he never showed up. When his family went to his house in Dubuque, Iowa, Paul and his vehicle were gone, but his wallet, watch, and shoes had been left behind. After Paul failed to show up at his job a few days later, he was reported missing. It's hard to pinpoint the last official sighting of Paul, but the last time he actually contacted his family was November 12th. One day later, one of Paul's relatives thought they saw his vehicle parked along Route 151 across the Wisconsin border. Even though Paul didn't have a family of his own, he rarely missed Thanksgiving dinner and his relatives found it unusual that he would disappear. He has not been seen since. Number five, the murder of John H. Woodruff. In 1919, John H. Woodruff worked as a game protector in New York, in Schenectady County. On November 27th, Woodruff left his home to spend Thanksgiving Day patrolling the area, but he never returned, and search parties were not able to find any traces of him. On November 4, 1921, Rudra's remains were found buried underneath stones in a shallow hole near a creek bed. The entire top half of Woodruff's skull was detached, which indicated that he had been struck in the head with a large object. According to Woodruff's wife, he had received a threatening letter months before his death, but had destroyed it without revealing its contents. On the day he went missing, a witness reported seeing Woodruff argue with an unidentified man before they walked into the woods, where he was eventually found. After nearly a century, John H. Woodruff's murder still remains unsolved. The Neshaminy Creek John Doe is number four on this list. On November 27, 1997, a woman was spending Thanksgiving Day at her boyfriend's home in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. She was using binoculars to do some bird watching when she spotted what appeared to be a heron at Neshaminy Creek. It turned out the heron was actually a pair of sneakers which belonged to a decomposing body wedged between some rocks in the creek. The victim appeared to be a black male in his late teens or early 20s. He carried no identification but wore green Tommy Hilfiger clothing. It was estimated that his body had only been in the creek for a few days. No match could be made between the victim and any missing persons from the area. His cause of death was never determined and he remains unidentified. Number three, the murders of Courtney Lindsay and Angelita Gauntlet. On November 23, 1989, a couple named Courtney Lindsay and Angelita Gauntlet, 
Gauntlet decided to spend Thanksgiving night at a party in Miramar, Florida. They were accompanied by their friend Cecilia Best. When they left the party, a gunman chased them back to their home. He blocked their vehicle and opened fire. Lindsay and Gauntlet were killed, but Best survived her wounds. The gunman was identified as a suspected drug trafficker known as Bull. The motive for the shooting was unknown, but authorities wondered if it was connected to Lindsay's former job as a police officer in his native Jamaica. Bull was alleged to have been involved in a Jamaican gang with ties to organized crime. And even though Bull's face was captured in a home video at the party, he was never found and his real name is unknown. So this case also remains open. Number two, the disappearance of Cynthia Alonzo. On November 25th, 2004, a 48-year-old Oakland resident, Cynthia Alonzo, told her neighbors she was going to visit her mother for Thanksgiving dinner. She was last seen getting into a vehicle driven by her boyfriend, Eric Mora. Cynthia did not arrive for Thanksgiving and was never seen again. At the time, the relationship between Cynthia and Eric was troubled, and when police questioned Eric, they noticed scratches on his hands and found traces of Cynthia's blood in his house. In 2012, Eric was convicted of Cynthia's murder, largely on the testimony of a jailhouse informant who claimed Eric confessed to the crime. However, in March 2016, his conviction was overturned because his defense was not allowed to present evidence at his trial, which pointed to other potential suspects in Cynthia's disappearance. Eric Mora is currently waiting a second trial, and Cynthia Alonzo's body has never been found. Number one item on this list is the murder of Solja Slim. James Tapp was a New Orleans-based rapper who performed under the name Solja Slim. Soldier Slim achieved his greatest success when he collaborated with fellow rapper Juvenile to record the single Slow Motion, which became a number one Billboard hit in 2004. Unfortunately for Slim, he was murdered six months before its release. On November 26, 2003, the night before Thanksgiving, Slim had arrived at his mother's house when he was shot four times on the front lawn. One month later, police arrested a suspect named Garel Smith, who was allegedly paid $10,000 for a hit. However, no witnesses would testify against Smith, so the murder charge was dropped. Over the years, Smith was implicated in two more murders, but could not be prosecuted since no one would testify against him. In August 2011, Smith himself was shot to death, so Soldier Slim's murder remains an unsolved mystery to this day. And this is the point where we'll end the podcast for today. We hope you've enjoyed this very special Thanksgiving Day edition. So long, farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our little podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please shoot us an email. We're at thebfdpodcast at gmail.com. We absolutely love your feedback in email form, good, bad, or ugly. We love it all. And please join us again next week when we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild stuff. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe keep it real and always live your best life bye happy thanksgiving gobble gobble gobble